0: In doing this sermon series on the cross, I have not managed to, uh, coordinate all the scriptures read in service with what appears in the bulletin, and that is the case today. But we will start with Genesis 2, verses 8 and 9, and 15 and 17. I have four readings that are each short, all of which focus on the cross as, or all of which focus on the tree. So in Genesis, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verse 22, this is where Moses is restating, reissuing the law for the people of Israel as they are about to enter the promised land. When someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and is executed, and you hang him on a tree, his corpse must not remain all night upon the tree. You shall bury him that same day, for anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. You must not defile the land that the Lord your God is giving you for possession. Then at the end of the Bible, in the second chapter of Revelation, let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. And finally, from Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is the word of the Lord. We are in the fourth of, fifth, uh, fourth of five sermons in a Lenten series entitled Construing the Cross. And through these sermons, we're looking at different but complementary ways that the Christian faith interprets the death of Christ on the cross. We've looked at sacrifice, scapegoating, deliverance. Today we look at tree and next week at serpent. All of these, I hope, prepare us to celebrate even more, hopefully, that day on which we will sing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Let us pray. Of the cross, Julian of Norwich wrote, The human mother may put her child tenderly to her breast, but our tender mother, Jesus, simply leads us into his blessed breast through his open side and there gives us a glimpse of the Godhead and our heavenly joy. Lord, every time... I stand in this pulpit and preach. All I ask is that through my human words, you would give us a glimpse of the Godhead and our heavenly joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So we never go through Lent without either hearing or singing as we have today. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? As far back as the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses reissues for the Israelites... The law to prepare them to enter the promised land. The people of Israel have associated the tree with shameful death. Moses said, when someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and you hang him on a tree, you shall bury him that same day. For anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. After the death and resurrection of Christ, as Christianity spread throughout the Greco-Roman world, the Greek word xylon, which means timber, was used as a translation for the Hebrew words referring to execution by hanging. It was used as well to describe the crucifixion of Christ. A few decades later, in the early writings of the church... Theologians and preachers began to see all kinds of connection between Old Testament timber and the New Testament cross. God appearing to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. Isaac carrying the wood on his back to his near sacrifice. Just as Christ would later in the Gospel of John carry his own cross. Moses' staff, wooden, parting the waters of the Red Sea and then turning the bitter waters of Marah, sweet. Aaron's rod, blossoming. God's comforting David and generations hence with his rod and his staff. And the shoot promised to come out from the stump of Jesse, And a branch promised to grow out of his roots, on which the spirit of the Lord would rest, bringing wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord, and leading the wolf to live with the lamb, the leopard to lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, all from the stump, the timber of Jesse." In the Old and New Testaments and in Christian theology that followed, tree and cross, timber and calvary, wood and crucifixion go hand in hand. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Anytime we are dealing with the cross of Christ apart from antiseptic ways that often appear, We are dealing with matters most heavy and violent. One of the most significant books written in American theology the past decade has been the late Dr. James Cone's The Cross and the Lynching Tree. As you might imagine, it draws a parallel at the deep level of human suffering between African-Americans lynched in our country much more recently than we like to admit, and Christ crucified on the cross. Cone says, The cross and the lynching tree is my latest witness to the blood dripping down through the leaves, pain so old and deep and black in particular. By far, he continues, The Cross and the Lynching Tree is the most agonizing book I have written. I had nightmares during the ten years I was writing it. I realized that, uh, that I could have been that strange fruit that Billie Holiday sang about. My father and mother and even my brothers could have been black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. On October 27th, of 2018, 11 people were killed and 7 injured in a mass shooting in a conservative synagogue in Pittsburgh. Someone I know from Capitol Hill is from Pittsburgh and I had the feeling she may have grown up in that synagogue. I emailed her that afternoon and she responded I was married in that synagogue. My mother attends every Saturday. She would have been there today except she was at the campaign office stuffing envelopes. She has friends who died. Do you remember the name of the synagogue? Tree of Life. The tree and the cross Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Now early on within Jewish tradition, the idea developed that suffering can be redemptive. By his stripes we are healed. We heard sung earlier from Isaiah, who says it of the suffering servant. Within Christianity, two seemingly opposite ways developed that associate the cross as tree, and both ways are considered redemptive. One is a way with which we are familiar. In this way, as you may recall, there are two trees planted by God in the Garden of Eden at creation, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. God specifically forbids the man and the woman from eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, but allows these first human beings access to all other trees in the garden, including the tree of life, which is the only other tree in scripture that God names. As you may remember, the man and the woman both eat of the fruit of the tree, which has been forbidden them to eat. They are expelled from the garden And then the story of God's attempt to redeem the human race from this, the fall, begins almost immediately. And it's that attempt at redemption that occupies the entire rest of the Bible all the way Genesis through Revelation. Interestingly enough, the tree of life makes only a few appearances in the remainder of the Bible, not resurfacing fully until the end at the book of Revelation. When the tree of life does resurface in Revelation, it is at the place where paradise, the holy city, the new heaven and new earth are described and promised. In paradise, the tree of life is available to those who are faithful, to those who have obeyed the will and way of God. To everyone who conquers, says God, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. Having gone underground after the fall in Genesis, the tree of life thus resurfaces as reward. Reward for the faithful on that day when Christ returns to redeem the created order. We are familiar with reward. We are familiar with a theology of reward. We can grasp what it means to hear, If you do good, You will be rewarded. It is a simple idea. We can implant it here and we can implant it in our hearts. We can understand the tree of life as reward. But the tree of life resurfaces at another place within the closing chapters of Revelation as well. And it resurfaces less as reward for obedience than as an overwhelming expression of God's grace. A cosmic tree in which God encompasses and brings into his very being all of creation. This is a lot harder for us to understand or accept. We can understand reward. But to think of a tree, a cosmic tree, as a gift that engulfs everything, it's harder. But listen to Revelation again. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. In this vision from Revelation 22, the tree of life is well beyond the normal and the earthly, the graspable and the understandable, the earnable and the rewardable. Rather, this tree is vast and cosmic. It sits on both sides of the river, which is an impossibility. It sits also at the center of the world. It covers the whole earth. It encompasses within itself all of creation. And through it, God pervades the whole of creation. Length, breadth, height, and depth. In addition, in this appearance of the tree of life, It draws from the dispersed people of the earth, people from all nations, drawing them into the very being of God. A first century preacher, Hippolytus, gives voice to this cosmic tree. The tree of heavenly dimensions has raised itself from earth to heaven, he says, fixing itself as an eternal plant between heaven and earth, to uphold the universe, to support all things, to be a mainstay of the world, to prop up the whole inhabited earth. Hippolytus calls the tree of life the joint of the terrestrial glove, holding together the variety of human nature, and nailed by the invisible bolts of the Spirit, that being fixed to the divine, being fixed to God, it may never more be sundered or separated from God. Touching with its crown the summit of heaven, he says, making firm the earth with its feet, and embracing on every side in its mighty arms the many spirits of the air between heaven and earth, the tree of life was holy in all things and in every place. I once knew a tough but sensitive man in his 40s who told me that the hardest day of his childhood was when he came home from school and a crew of workers were taking down a giant oak tree in his front yard near the driveway of the home that sat on several acres in which he and his family lived. My whole life was that tree, he said. I lived in it. I climbed it. I played in it. I built a tree house in it. I hoisted my dog up into it. That whole life was the tree. My friends, we can think of tree as reward, but it's harder to think, although more beautiful. Of the tree being our whole life, our whole world. Perhaps a deep and new understanding of the cross of Christ can be that, therefore, of the cross as the tree of life. The cross as tree does more than simply reward us for our obedience the as tree is cosmic in nature, encompassing all of creation and all of our lives. It does rest on both sides of the river. It is that in which we live and move and have our being. The as tree links the earth on which we trod and in which we do the work of our hands with the heaven from which we have been sent as gift and to which we trust and aspire and hope and expect to return the cross as tree holds together all the nations of the world all the factions of our families all the divided nations and races and languages and classes and beliefs of our nation and city into one in ways that we ourselves are not able to attain more than anything else the cross as tree of life is hope of his book james cone writes The cross and the lynching tree is my invocation to God on behalf of black people in the hopes that their nearly 400 years of suffering will be redemptive for their children and grandchildren, revealing to them the beauty of their tragic past Francis Young, whose book has given rise to this series, writes, As tree of life, the cross is the fruition of God's creative intentions, generating new life out of death. Perhaps tree and cross are all in all, bringing us into the whole of God's goodness, the whole of God's creation, the whole of God's redemptive grace, Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Sometimes it causes me to tremble, to tremble, to tremble.